this week. Who's afraid of the big bad city? We've got a few tips to help you navigate the urban roadscape, plus some news, a little fresh tank, black tank, and how we can meet up if you are headed to the Tampa RV show. This is RV Miles. Welcome to episode 223 of the RV Miles podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who have been crisscrossing North America with our three boys since 2016. That's a really long time ago. It feels almost like a millennia. Here at RV Miles, we talk about everything from RV and travel destinations to news, our national parks, and so much more. And yes, I realize I said 221 last week. So I said 221 twice. Right. Last week actually was 222. Yeah, no. Which is called- fun to say, 222. But 222, and nobody called you out on that. Nobody, <laughs> you all are keeping spreadsheets, <laughs> tracking that stuff. <laughs> I don't like understand. Like we are? <laughs> we are, we're coming to you from the great state of Georgia, which we have been finally able to cross off Georgia, scratched off on our scratch off state map, which lives behind us here on our, our little breakfast bar. We've had this weird hole where Georgia was because we've done all of the South except Georgia for some time now, but now we're camping in Georgia. So we're yeah. good to go. And that's our only requirement. <laughs> <laughs> Took us six years to camp one night in Georgia. It's beautiful. We are making our way towards Tampa. It was very satisfying this morning to scratch that off. We were quite delayed getting out of Illinois because of an ice storm. And that made things a bit challenging. We had to hold back a couple days because the campground was iced over. Wouldn't be us (laughs) if it wasn't a mad dash to get somewhere. And I mean, like, really, like we wouldn't have been able to get traction to pull the fifth wheel out. Period. We came into the campground and then the truck promptly slid into or began to slide into a ditch. Yeah. That's how bad it was. In four wheel drive slippery mode, we were like sliding into a ditch and we're like, oh, maybe we're not leaving today. Yeah. Yeah. I was, we weren't like, maybe I was like, we're not leaving. So we we held back a couple days and we booked it here to just south of Atlanta. And uh, we stayed at two hotels on the way. Lots of people were asking us in a post you made on Facebook and Instagram, like, why did we stay in a hotel when we're hauling a 15,000 pound fifth wheel behind us? But we were still winterized for one thing. And for another, we hadn't put our home really back together yet. And And it's just quicker and easier. Yeah. Okay. Let's just be (laughs) honest. Okay. We can make, uh, yes, winterizing was a huge part of it. Yeah. But it was all about convenience. It really was more convenient for us to drive these really long stretches, pull into a hotel parking lot, grab the suitcase, go upstairs, go to bed, get up go again. Yeah, if we weren't winterized and stuff and it wasn't cold, uh, like a nice pull through campground would be awesome, but there's virtually no campgrounds open in Illinois in the winter. No. So we're coming from northern Illinois and our first stop was in southern Illinois. So that's already a problem. And even getting into Kentucky and Tennessee, it, it's a harder cuz a lot of campgrounds aren't open right now, too. And of course, it's that time of year where the weather is just all over the place. So if you aren't dealing with ice and snow up in the north, then you have some pretty bad storms coming through in the south, which is actually what we're trying to get this podcast recorded so that nobody has to listen to the pitter-patter of a thunderstorm that is due in any moment now. So that is not for good audio. But these are some of the things that we were trying to navigate so that we could get back on the road. And of course, the clock is ticking because you know, the Tampa RV show, our portion of it for us, work starts on the 17th. And so that's Monday. And, you know, it's like, okay, we've got 1,200 miles to cover. 
and the weather's kind of all over the place, how much longer can we delay before things get really crazy? Because I know there's a lot of you hardcore RVers out there that are pulling six, seven hundred, you know, eight hundred miles a day. That is not what this family can do. Our kids cannot do that. 450 is really well and, and that's my limit actually i'm not gonna put that on the kids and it's my limit thankfully we keep those limits short because we had a flat tire within a half hour of our oh, first drive and woof. more on that a little bit later in our fresh tank black tank segment but i wanted to begin the show today with a, a couple of of interesting things that I came across on you the interwebs. Tell me what the I wouldn't tell you either. because I like your response to them. Sometimes um, I feel like I, I don't know. I, I get nervous. <laughs> so this first one, this is a question that got asked of Backpacker Magazine, and they wrote an article on it. So it's a question that was sent in by a reader at Backpacker Magazine. Here's the question: Are bears mountain? We're getting neighbors. There's an RV pulling in. There is. We're just going to roll with this. There's an RV coming in right next to us, and that's wonderful. And it's a big, it's a big diesel super C, so it's going to yeah. have a little noise. It's going to be, it's <laughs> going to have a little oomph to it. <laughs> but the question is this: Are bears, mountain lions, and other predators attracted to or repelled by human urine? I often set up a perimeter when camping in bear country by peeing in different locations outside of camp. Is this effective or am I just watering a lot of different rocks? Looking out for number one. <laughs> so th this question was posed to Backpacker Magazine. I'm wondering, do any of you out there go around and Mark be, your territory. be around your boondocking campsite <laughs> to make sure that bears and mountain lions uh, don't come to it? Uh, I, <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> you don't know that. Uh, <laughs> you don't know what I do at night when you go to bed. Um I defer to <laughs> science. So when? they did talk to several experts. Okay. They, they, they did a deep dive on this. So, okay. So it, I, apparently most experts agree that human urine actually attracts bears and mountain lions. Stop it. So it's probably a really bad idea because they're going to come and eat you. you this uh, guy's just been like, welcome <laughs> to, I'm here, well, I am available. Not only the smell of another animal, but also... A lot of animals like the salt and want to come and t taste the salt from your urine. So, uh -oh. so don't pee around your campsite because it can attract animals. Even if you weren't doing it as a perimeter, it's normal for people to go outside when they're out boondocking. Well, how many posts do I see where it's, oh, I just send the kids out to pee on yeah. a tree. Send them a little further away from the RV. Send them. <laughs> What is the safe distance? It's 200 like, feet or so. Yeah, just yeah. have them count yeah. out. Look, it's like a math problem for them now at school. Yeah. They have to count out 200 feet and that's now, how they compete. They do go on and say you do not have to bury urine and you shouldn't pee on vegetation because you can be killing certain plants by watering them too much with I, your urine. I've, obviously, I've heard <laughs> of the burying of things, but not of the urine. I've heard of burying the yeah. solid. Yeah. I didn't know we buried a mm. urine. Mm -hmm. Like as a treasure, do we bury it in <laughs> Buried treasure. a little jar? All right. The next thing I wanted to talk about is an article from rent.com. This is right up your alley, Abby. Yeah. The best cities for tacos in every state mm -hmm. in America. So they are they're really picking the top 10 cities for tacos in the U.S. Well, you sound okay. excited, but there are a few that you won't be excited about. At least one. Medford, Oregon is up on the list. They, they have a 0.92 tacos per density. However, they come up with that measurement. Um, wow. That kind of place. That's number 10. Number nine is Somerville, Massachusetts. Number 
Uh, eight is Tucson, Arizona. Not surprising. Okay. Um, yeah, that right near the border that they would have good tacos. Pasig, New Jersey. Okay. Jersey. New Jersey. Commerce City, Colorado. Okay. Yakima, Washington. In Illinois, this is the one I thought I was going to catch you. Oh. Not Chicago, Illinois. Cicero, Illinois. Cicero. Now, if there were a town, I would tell you, and this is not like a, this is not a crime thing or anything like that, although. Don't be at Chicago. Uh, if there was a, t- no, I'm not Chicago. I it's meant Cicero. the musical. If there was a town in Illinois that I would say is one that you probably have no desire to visit, it's Cicero, Illinois. Cicero. There is. I can't say how the do you name. describe Cicero. Well, if anyone's seen the musical Chicago, well, yeah, I okay. can describe it like that. <laughs> I, but I don't know how else does I've actually we, I don't know that I've ever been to Cicero. We, okay? we, I don't know. We spent a good many oh, we did? years. No, we spent a good many years of our lives in Chicago, watching the news and the drama unfolding. Around town president, I believe was her title, Betty Lauren Maltese of, of Cicero. Oh, she. There's always some serious, like, embezzling drama going on in Cicero, but Cicero is like, it's not a place you visit. Betty took so much money. <laughs> she was gambling, if I remember, uh, with with Cicero's she money. Was- she was crossing into Indiana and <laughs> playing the table. Miami, Florida is number three, which makes yeah. a lot of sense. Mission, Texas also makes a lot of sense. You're basically the lowest point in the the continental United States. And then Huntington Park, California, outside of Los Angeles, uh, also makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of good tacos in Los Angeles. Rent.com doing the hard work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you're headed to the Tampa RV show, we would love to meet you. So we we'll be around and about, and we'll yeah. see people wherever we see it. But if you you want, can't miss Jason <laughs> if he wears this bright red hoodie, and it's red? even red. It's, it's pink. This is Note for this the is audio. pink, pink. This it's, is not red. It's pink, and I love it. I love it so much because when I was picking out some things to, to purchase, I asked you, "Hey, this is a really cool looking yeah. pink hoodie. Do you want to wear it?" Because I think Jay, yeah, yeah, Jason looks great in pink. And so he was like, absolutely. And then we pulled it out. And I was like, this is real pink. <laughs> I love everything about it because it is like you are making a statement without saying word. If so, it is cool enough, I might be wearing the bright pink hoodie. Yeah. But we'll be out roaming uh, the grounds quite a bit. But also we are having a, an actual structured meet and greet on Saturday of the show at 11 a.m. at the Forest River Sabre display i think they're having three of the five saber floor plans will be there we will be set up right in front of the 37 fll which is our home so if you want to see what our home is not our actual not our home, actual home but, but one that is available for sale uh, you can meet us there and you don't have to check it out if you're not interested in the fifth wheel but we would love to meet anybody there uh at the rv show yeah so that is saturday january 22nd at 11 a.m if you are like me and need reminders because sometimes seven days feels like an eternity head over to rvmiles.com and click on contact us and then just click on uh, mailing list and then join the mailing list because this week i will send out maybe a reminder or two just so that we all, and as I get more details, like exactly where it is, because it's a big space. Yeah, we don't know so, exactly where the Sabre 
Yeah. Is, is and we can tell you the, get the our, number of that spot. Get our bearings a um, little bit, but that we'll would be, be the best way. Maybe an hour and a half or so. Yeah, um, probably, at, at least an hour. I don't. I don't think the kids will be with us, so probably hour and a half is yeah. going to be the limit. Lots of cool things happening at the Tampa RV Show. I talked more about them in the news video for this week, but the big thing that was just announced, just dropped like uh, two days ago, was Winnebago has been working on apparently an electric motorhome. They have no details. They're going to be showing that off there, so you can check that as well. And we're hoping to be able to see it mm -hmm. ourselves and then talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So if you're, the future. you're not going there, we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. We'll probably do a video about it as well. Yeah. And that would be the video version would be over on the RV Miles YouTube channel. We have two YouTube channels now for anyone because we love more social media to monitor. But RV Miles podcast has its own YouTube channel where if you ever want to watch and take a look at Jason's pink hoodie, you can go over there and do that. But then we also have our traditional RV Miles channel, which I'm sorry, I have to I have, I have to pause for just a second and I have to say this quietly because he can probably hear me. But this is brilliant. The gentleman next to us in the Super C that is setting up right now, he is wearing a hard hat so he does not hit his head on his slides. He's legit a hard hat. This guy. <laughs> That's awesome. He has been. He, he's so cool. He knows what he's doing. I know. I want to go talk to him. Okay. okay. Also, if you're going to the Tampa RV show and you're considering actually buying an RV and a quote on buying an RV, our friend Matt Foxcroft from Matt's RV Reviews YouTube channel, great YouTube channel. They do lots of tours of RVs, they're going to have a tent. You won't be able to miss it. A, a big, bright orange tent. It'll be very much in the style of Matt's personality. <laughs> so, at, very at, vibrant. At the Jayco display. And they're going to be doing a lot of meet and greets with uh, influencers and stuff there as well. If you stop by there, we were going to do it, but we're doing the Sabre one instead. But he's going to be doing this thing where if you get a, if you get a price from a dealership at the show, you can take that price over to his booth and He'll see if he can get you a better one. And if he can't, he's giving away $100 Visa gift cards. Wow, was those. Yeah. So wow, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Super confident that he's hopefully going to be able to tell you a better <laughs> price. That's awesome. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to everything that's going to be happening there. But I think that's cool that they're putting that together and then also trying to stand behind their ability to find you a better price yep. than what's at the show. I don't know how the dealers at the show how they feel about that, feel I don't know. About that? Uh, but know. matt's uh tent will be at the jayco display so you find him there okay is that everything break time for a break we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to talk about since we, we had some inspiration on our way down here because we finally did the atlanta drive and we've driven through lots of cities over our years we spent 16 years living in Chicago. So we're going to bring you on this episode some tips for driving an RV through big cities. Yeah, maybe some tips that were shared with us and maybe some tips we had to learn by doing. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Be right back. Electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your RV and the Power Watchdog Smart Surge Protector made by Hughes Autoformers beats the competition with field replaceable surge modules. With other brands, when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike, you have to throw it away. 
the Power Watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself. They'll even give you a free surge module in the first two years and now have a limited lifetime warranty. Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at HughesAutoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at H-U-G-H-E-S Autoformers.com. RV repair costs are continuing to rise with the increased demand due to more RVers on the road now more than ever. Lock in protection and let wholesale warranties pick up the bill. Wholesale Warranties is focused on personalized service and finding the right policy for each individual RVer. They're focused on education to help customers feel confident in their RV protection. You can use your policy at any licensed repair facility in the U.S. or Canada, including mobile mechanics. With a wide range of eligibility for new and used units up to 15 model years old. To find out more, visit WholesaleWarranties.com. All right, we are back, and it's time to talk about driving through cities. And our drive through Atlanta, it was fine. Yeah, it was uh, chill. But y'all were right. It is real big city driving. That's for <laughs> sure. And I understand how, especially people that have never done that kind of driving before, and then you're doing it in an RV, how difficult that might be. Yeah, I would say on a scale of one to Dallas, this was like a four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dallas continues to be, to me personally, the most miserable big city to drive through with or without yeah. the RV. But as we were driving through, we kind of started talking. And actually, we didn't start talking. You said, pull out the laptop, write these things down yeah. really quick because yeah. your brain exploded and you had an idea. <laughs> so I wrote all of these things down and we thought, look, well, they're fresh in our mind. My Talk about first it. drive in our bus conversion, once mm-hmm. we, our first drive in it was from Ohio to Hammond, yeah. Indiana, and that's where we converted it. And then my first actual drive in it, once it was converted, was to drive right in the middle of Chicago to our apartment and literally parked it on the side street, yeah. got a ticket, all that kind of stuff. It's great. But, and, and this isn't really about doing that, about like... No. Driving the streets of a city. Don't do that ever. Um, And we love visiting cities. Like a a lot of people RV to get out into nature and get away from town and all that. And that's part of what we do. But we do love visiting cities. But We love museums and zoos and the food culture. And just all of that is great when you get into an urban space. But whoever you are, it is hard to avoid having to drive through a city at some point. Yeah. So there, especially Atlanta. Atlanta does seem to be yeah. one where if you're headed to Florida, depending <laughs> on where you're coming yeah. from, that does tend to be the major city that a lot of people encounter. Yeah. So we thought we'd run through these tips that I think will be uh, really helpful to you the next time that you have to do such a thing. And we'll trade off? Sure. Okay. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'll go first. The number one or our first tip that came to our head was to eat, pee, and fuel up before entering the city and to know where the truck stops are before you come into the city and then as you come out. Because we had, thankfully, I needed to pee. So we decided let's just stop at Love's. We were only a, f- a few miles into the drive outside of the hotel, but we went ahead and decided to stop. And then you thought, well, look, I'm here. I'm going to go ahead and fill up. And I was so glad that we ended up doing that because we would have made it through Atlanta, but we would have been hot for somewhere to yeah. fuel up. And, and this, especially if you're a larger RV, the last real truck stop before a city might be 20 miles out. 
And then you might be in stop and go traffic. And so you might be a, a couple hours. Yeah, that's the thing. Really just make sure that everyone is well taken care of before you enter into the big city because you just don't know what traffic is going to be like. The next one is don't plan on trusting your GPS. Now, you would think that GPSs would do the best in an urban area where lots of people are uh, traveling often. However, we have found that is when they fail the most. Yeah, this is kind of my <laughs> second complaint in as many months, I think, about our Garmin. Did this to us when we were in Kansas City, and thankfully I knew that area and was able to override the Garmin. But I had, and we had, vetted this drive, and we knew that we were just going to be staying on 75. So it really started to throw us a little bit for a loop when Garmin is starting to switch things up and talking to us about HOV lane. Yeah, that's right. Go, go get in the HOV lane. Like, what? Why? This is, there, there are seven lanes I have to choose from, and you want me to get in, into the HOV lane in my RV? All uh, the no. way to the left. <laughs> so we, we started again having to override Garmin a little but bit. There are often issues in cities where, like, highways overlap each other so it gets confused at which mm -hmm. one you're on and google does this as well and we did this too that if you're like i'm not sure if i should ignore what the gps is saying to me your partner have your passenger if you have one start checking other gps yeah so i went on to apple i went on to google and i said look all these truck drivers are not moving over both of these other two platforms are telling us to just stay on this for 70 miles, not trying to switch us up. And the bottom line is that if you just look at the signs and follow the signs through a big city, you, that's generally going to lead you the right direction. Okay. So they're usually pretty well marked. And then, and then you can also have like all the buildings can affect the GPS signal and stuff like that. So really know the route that you're going to take going through and follow the signs and continue to on that route and and trust that more than you trust a GPS. So I'm going to jump down because we didn't really order these. No, we didn't. We didn't. We just ordered them the way they came out of our mouths. So what I want to tack on to this is to also time your drive to avoid rush hour, be that the morning or the evening. And so I had selected a hotel for the night before our drive into Atlanta that was about 50 miles outside of Atlanta because my hope was that we would get into the city post-morning rush hour. Rush hour is normally around, at least in Chicago, it was like 7 to 9 a.m., 4 to 6 p.m. is the heart of it. Yeah. And then it, as you get closer to those areas, it's still busy. Yeah, 9 to 10 is still busy, 6 to 7. And so my thought was, was we would hit Atlanta kind of city center and all of that around 10 a.m. And that's pretty much what it was. It was about 10.30 and even with that, we still encountered stop and go traffic. So that is not to say that you're not going to encounter traffic, but you are not going to encounter sort of that bone crushing. I think, you know, all of us at some point in our lives have experienced rush hour traffic for one reason or another, and that can be really intense. And so the last thing you want to be doing is trying to navigate that and all these people trying to get to work when you are also in a giant RV. Yeah, uh, on top of that, and I think we talked about this recently on the podcast too, on top of that, you want to double check to see if there's like any sporting events happening. Oh, yeah. Because you could be pulling up this. Uh, well, that's when I said that I thought Sundays were the best day to travel and a lot of people came at me for that. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, unless there's like yeah. football. Yeah, because there you could be driving into a city that's got a big football stadium and the game is getting out right when you drive through. That kind of thing you want to be careful Just about. Just be hopeful that you're going in the opposite direction of <laughs> <laughs> the way traffic is yeah. wanting to leave yeah. the stadium. Yeah. 
All right, you're up. You have the right to go slow. Don't let the pressure of traffic dictate your speed. You, I, I see this all the time. People are like, everybody drives 95 miles an hour around here. If I slow down, I'm going to get ran over. No, you won't. No one is running Listen, their RV over. The, the most important thing to know about that is that a heck of a lot of semi-trucks, not all of them by any means, are governed at somewhere between 65 and 70 miles an hour. They can't drive faster than that. Usually it's going to be around like 68. There are always trucks going through a city that cannot, don't have the ability to drive faster than 68 miles an hour. If they can do it, if they can go slower, you can go slower. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not more dangerous. You should go slow if you need to go slow. But this is also a good reason to stay in the right lane and stay in the middle lane. Stay out of that left lane mm -hmm. so that those or however that if it's a two lane, whatever, stay out of that left lane. Which leads to another tip, which is about multi-lane highways. We've talked about this in the past, too. If there are three or more lanes on your side, meaning it's a six lane highway or more, often that far right lane is going to be not only is it going to be entrance and exits, of course, which means there's going to be a lot more sort of maneuvering traffic yeah. over there, which can be a little bit more dangerous. But it also is often turning into exit only lanes yeah. constantly, which means you keep having to get over and keep having to get over and keep having to get over the exit. It turns into an exit only and then it, it keeps to it keeps leapfrogging. So you never go right back into a lane, but your lane just keeps ending. And if you go one lane towards the middle, you're usually a little bit better off than if you're in one of those areas where you're getting lots of exit-only lanes. Yeah, because that in itself is really stressful too, especially when you're driving through a major big city, is that there is going to be a lot of entrance and exit ramp activity. And so just try to avoid that as much as you can. Our next tip is there's often a route around the city, and sometimes it is a toll, but it may be worth it and it Maybe not. So check with others who have driven it recently. And this is where Facebook groups like the RV Miles Facebook group can really become handy because you can go into the group and say, hey, has anyone driven through Atlanta recently? Has anyone driven through Boston recently? What is what's construction like right now? Or are there things yeah. I should avoid? Is there a go around of the city? And just by asking those questions, you can often get some pretty close to real time insight. Yeah. So for instance, in Chicago, there's 9094, which is uh, in the, on the south side, it's the Dan Ryan Expressway. And on the north side, it's the Kennedy, I think, or That's maybe when it splits, right? it becomes the Kennedy. I'm not sure. But 9094 through Chicago um, is not a toll road. It is the interstate that goes right up the darn city. With and, some of the worst entrance and exit <laughs> ramps you'll yeah. ever meet in your life. Um, but if you're not getting on and off of those entrance and exit ramps, and depending on the size of your RV, sometimes that's a better route through Chicago going north and south than 294, which is the tollway that goes around Chicago that's built for people to be able to bypass Chicago. But sometimes that tollway around Chicago, A, it's real expensive to take. There's four tolls. And, uh, and, and B, sometimes it's slower. Sometimes the traffic is actually worse on that. And depending on the size of your RV and your comfortability with being on seven lanes wide, you might feel more comfortable driving up the middle. I always did. And I will say too, we'll just jump this next tip into this, and that is to have cash for surprise tollways. We had, driving through Atlanta, we started seeing signs for tollways. And we were under the 
impression that we weren't going to be on a tollway. And we didn't end up, I'm not quite sure what that sign was all about or why. I think that was the Atlanta bypass and we didn't end up taking the Atlanta, we didn't take the Atlanta bypass and I'm glad we didn't. We shot right through as the GPS recommended. So we did follow it for that. Yeah. That was fine. Because we started going, who's got cash? Do you have cash? So you're looking and at this point, Tolls are getting very expensive. Yeah, I had cash in my wallet, but it has disappeared. I don't um, just know say what that. to that cash. Uh, just for this reason, I had like $40 in my wallet. I don't know where it went. I do. Uh, our last tip is relax. It's not as bad as it might seem. You are still in the lane that's the same width as the other lanes generally. You are often going a little bit slower. And tra- people hate traffic, and I get why I hate traffic mm-hmm. too, but often... Traffic's a little safer than when you're in Dallas and they're going 90 miles an hour at full speed on the interstates right through downtown. Sometimes traffic is nice because it slows it down a little bit and gives you the time to make the decisions you need to make. But really, all this is about preparation. Plan in advance for that drive. Don't just let it come upon you so that you're not making those decisions about where to go and what to do while you're also navigating the other drivers around you and everything that's happening and breaking for the traffic and all that sort of stuff. If you have a plan in place, it is a lot easier and you will feel more comfortable. You'll have less stress. And I think really that's what it's all about. People have stress driving through cities like this, especially when they put up the construction barriers and you can sort of try to alleviate those with a bit of a plan. And I would add to that too, to encourage you to involve your passenger in that planning. So especially if you have a passenger who feels a little bit of anxiety about as well about driving something so big as the RV through a city, involve that person in your planning as well so that you both know what to expect, so that you're both on the same page, and so that there's also no tension inside the the rig or the truck. About it at all. If you haven't told that other person your plan or they don't feel confident that you know what you're doing, you're only going to increase their anxiety and then you're managing their anxiety while you're managing driving the vehicle through traffic, which is even worse. And then I would say to the passenger as one who sometimes feels anxious on our drives, one of the things that I have learned about myself or one of the things that I find very comforting is I put my AirPods on and I put on a television show and I put the noise canceling and I, I zone out into what I'm watching. And I used to feel really guilty about doing that because I thought, oh, I'm leaving Jason alone to do this whole thing on his own and I'm not here to talk to him. I'm really checking out. But I have found that by doing that, I'm taking care of myself. And even though I know what to expect and I know what we're doing, I also know that sometimes those situations can make me feel really stressed out. And so I know that when I'm managing my anxiety on a drive, like that's actually really helpful to Jason. And so I let him do his thing while I get caught up on the crown. (laughs) And that's what I'm doing. Because also it's a chance to watch things that maybe perhaps we wouldn't be watching together. Jason doesn't do a lot of like British period royalty pieces so you know <laughs> we couldn't even get him to watch the princess switched i hey i've seen 
I've seen the princess switched <laughs> and the princess switch switched again. This is true. I've just not seen the third one. This is true. You also watched uh, The Christmas Prince, which was also very sweet of you. Uh, and I think I've seen five others that involved like mistaken identity, like, switch twins <laughs> and stuff like that as well. You cannot have a holiday movie anymore without some sort of like prince or princess being involved in it. All right. Someone being a king or queen. Drive through a city. It's not that bad. Right. Don't take hours uh, to avoid it. Nah, we're gonna it. we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna have our fresh tank black tank segment. Be right back. Winter is here, and if you're sick of clearing snow from your RV, you ought to think about getting a cover. Whether you own a motorhome, a travel trailer, or a truck camper, EmpireCovers.com is here to protect all your vehicles against Mother Nature. EmpireCovers.com offers high quality, affordable covers that are engineered to protect. Every cover comes with a free multi-year warranty to guarantee that it remains durable over time. If you're not in need of a full cover, Empire has just launched a line of RV rooftop covers that keep the roof of your RV clean and protect it from UV rays. Listeners can receive free shipping and 60% off the original price of their cover order. Visit EmpireCovers.com slash RV miles or use promo code miles60 at checkout. EmpireCovers.com. Protect what you love. We are back, and it is time to check the levels of our tanks. Jason, what is in your black tank this week? We experienced our first blowout on the road, our first tire blow yeah. uh, ever. We've had a couple flats before, but they've been in the campground. Um, this time, we actually had one blow on the road. Yeah, sitting in the campground and, and being like, why are we slowly <laughs> leaning this way? Oh. But you know what? I, the, <laughs> Not actually that much of a black tank, though, because it, yeah. it really wasn't that bad. Thankfully, it was on the passenger side, and we heard it, which is a big deal, too. We heard yeah. it pop, because I think often when people have lots of damage on their RVs from a tire failure, it's they got a flat uh, or they had a blowout, whatever, and they don't hear it, they don't know it, they don't have a TPMS, whatever it is, they keep going down the road and keep going down the road with this flat or blown tire, and it eventually falls apart and starts whipping the belts at your RV and tearing up the underbelly and tearing up uh, everything it can. And people end up with thousands and thousands of dollars of damage. Thankfully, we didn't really have any damage other than like one of those little bars that holds the yeah. starting of your fifth we wheel. We had a little bit of damage. Um, uh, a $5 repair. It's, yeah. Uh, Nothing that we need help fixing. Like we can fix it ourselves. So we had a tire iron. We had the spare. We were able to change it within less than a half hour most of the time we took was actually getting the spare out because we had a lot of bunch stored in front of it. Yeah. Um, and no big deal at all. And then the next morning we put four Goodyear endurance tires on it at a Purcell tire. They were great, but also was the last four Goodyear endurances they had. And I've heard from a lot of people that there is a bit of a shortage going on of those right now, which is in, in my opinion, in the, in, in the E range tire, the best tire that you can put on. Uh, yeah. an RV right now. But. Yeah, we could have been real doom and gloom about this. And certainly when we heard it, both of us just went, oh, this is not the time for this. What if there ever was a time? It worked out great. And I made a post about this on Instagram and I said, look, poop happens. But if it's going to happen, this is this was the best situation. It was the shortest of all of our drive days. It was the passenger side. As he's changing the tire, I'm calling a tire shop in Mount Vernon. And they're going to get us in right at 8 a.m. the next morning. The trailer is going to be hooked up because we're staying in a hotel so he can leave and the kids and I can get breakfast. So there were all these positives to 
the negative. And that, I think, even though you're shoving this into the black tank, I still think yeah. is worth saying, look, this these things happen. But when they do happen, it's always nice to take stock of what's the good things that went right here in this situation. A lot of people asked why we didn't use roadside assistance. Um, and no shame to anybody that would in that situation. But no I, I think it's really important that you do know how to change a tire because, like I said, it it was under a half hour. If we used roadside assistance, it was going to take some more time than that for sure. Sometimes a lot more time than that. Now, mm. if it was on the driver's side, maybe I would have just appreciated the the backup of having a tow truck block traffic if there wasn't enough room to get off. I might have just limped off to the next exit if that was close or something like that. But being on the passenger side, it was really easy to just use our leveling system to raise the wheels up and, and then change the tire. Yeah, and it's nice to have these four good years on here. And again, we got the last four. It was just, it was meant to be. So I'm glad it happened because now we have a little bit more safety. All right. What's in your fresh tank? Uh, my fresh tank is this new organization called Republic of Nomads. Some people that we met actually at the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta are responsible for this. And it, it's an organization that their goal is to help families who are already RVers mm -hmm. make the transition into full timing in a sustainable way, meaning like in, in a way that is going to have you continue to do it, but also in a way that connects your living in an RV with a bit of purpose. Because most families are using this as a way to teach their kids on the road. They're doing road schooling like we do. And it's not just about working on workbooks and stuff in the RV. It's about learning about the cultures and the places that you go to and American history and all that sort of stuff, using the road as a learning tool. And they're taking that a step further and really attempting to give purpose to your full-time lifestyle by having, like they're having events that are like service events. So their first, they're actually, their first event is at an animal shelter, building out a service project for this animal shelter. Lots of stuff like that is in their, in their plans. And I think it's going to be really interesting. So they're starting off with just a few different events and an online community, and you should check them out. Their website is therepublicofnomads.com. You should definitely check it out. I'm really excited to get more involved with them over the next yeah, year. Yeah, it's going to be gonna great. Be cool. Okay. What is in your black tank? Okay. So both my black and my fresh this week are entertainment type tanks. Shocking. Shocking. I know. My black tank goes to the horrendous movie Red Notice. Oh. This movie, y'all, don't even, don't let Netflix fool you that it is in don't, their top Don't 10. let The Rock and Ryan Reynolds no, fool you. don't. Like, uh, don't. Okay. I, they fooled us. So we were fooled for now, you. To be fair, we only got about a half hour into it. No, we got 15 <laughs> minutes into it and we No, no, I think we watched about a half hour. At, at 15 minutes we were like, what is this? Uh, what is We happening? felt like the <laughs> life of a chef and it, ended up being a better option than this. That's what <laughs> If you know anything about me, uh you know that I cannot stop watching anything. <laughs> No matter how bad it is, matter. I, matter. Have, I do. I have never left a movie. I've never nope. left a play. I have very rarely turned off when the kids were little. If they're watching like Sesame Street and they leave the room to go play with toys because they're bored with Sesame Street, I often 
caught myself continuing to watch Sesame Street by myself. Yeah, hey, Sesame Street's the jam. It is that hard for me to shut off yeah. anything until so, it's finished. And we shut this off. Yeah. I was like, it's just... He brought yeah. it up. You brought it up. So we thought, oh my gosh, we're we're on a little bit of a break. The kids are in bed. We can like actually stay up and watch a movie. And then we get to sleep till like 8 a.m. tomorrow. Let's watch a movie. And you were the one that was like, I don't think I can watch this. And then I said, let's just turn this off. It it was so bad. I had been excited about watching it for so long. Oh, the dialogue was terrible. The, the actual awful. shots, the filming, that was the worst part. And when you see written by, directed by, produced by... You are getting a tri- trifecta of trouble. Also, that person is somebody you've never heard of. With a th- with three names. <laughs> okay. And really splashing their name across the screen a lot during those opening credits. Yes. You know, there's a Don't problem. Don't watch it. It's just, it's, it was bad. Oh, it was, it was very, very bad. So uh, <laughs> please, you know, I know, you know we all like to sometimes just chill out and watch a few things. Don't do, spend some, actually spend some time with what is going to be my fresh take. Okay, is that why you're you're that's taking why, out your phone? That's why I picked up, phone? yeah, okay, that's why it's, it's, you know, because I'm checking all the socials. We watched just on a whim. See, this is what happened. We just plopped this on, whereas we were like, oh, yeah, I watch Red Notice. We watched on Netflix, and it's a, also a Netflix-produced film called 14 Peaks. Oh, gosh. Nothing is impossible. And it is about this Nepalese mountaineer who they call Nims. And he has this quest to summit all of the 14, all the big 14 mountains across the world in seven months. The 14 mountains that are above 8,000 yeah. meters. So we're talking Everest, K2, and 12 others and, and whose for, names are escaping me. For context, he's trying to do this in seven months. For context, like two people have ever done all yes. 14. It's probably a few more than that. But very few people have done all 14. The The world record holder before him did it in how many years? I, I want to say 16 i think it was 14 to 16 yeah it was it was at least 14 something years like it, that. T- it took him to do it so he embarks on this with three other men three sherpas and they embark on this quest together a to bring awareness to the amazing skill that is nepalese mountaineers and and sherpas but also because he just had this in his mind that he was going to do this. And he has an incredibly fascinating life and not one of privilege, because you're probably thinking the because ex- the expense of this is is mad. None. No money. He, he took out a second, mor- second yeah. mortgage on his house. Took yeah. out a second mortgage. He was also the primary income provider for his family. For his extended his, family. So his parents and, and his brothers and everything. So he was really the financial provider and all of the upheaval that kind of came from that, from it, him wanting to follow this and do this. And they listened again. I don't know all I'm the names of all the mountains are escaping me, but over at Everest, there are three kind of there's Everest and then there's two others right there in that range. And they, these four incredible humans go and summit all three of these in 48 hours. Yeah, two in a day. Everest, they were they summited Everest by 5.30 in the morning. I know, and it, I just, I, I feel like I want to talk more about this, but like at the same time, I don't because it. it really does shine a light on the difference between the Western climber 
and then the eastern climber and saving lives while doing it like oh. the the other other mountaineers saving their lives and if you if you have That's seen that there's a famous photo of Everest of like climbers lined up in a big traffic jam on Everest because that's what Everest has turned into. There's a famous photo that brought a lot of attention to that. This guy took that photo, just took his GoPro just quick photo and left and then it ends up Uh, on the New York Times. He took it because he was already on the way down. (laughs) Like he was already done. And that ended up funding his quest, his his licensing of that photo. It's phenomenal. It's beautifully shot. It's gorgeous storytelling. It really does, like I said earlier, shine a light, but not in this like in-your-face kind of way. I just, I think for anyone who even just hikes the half-mile trail around the campground, for anyone that goes out and experiences nature, I this was so fascinating. And it's just a, it was a beautiful documentary, just yeah. stunning. And yeah. so I, I highly recommend it. All right. I think that's it for this week's episode. Oh, woof. Yeah, it's time to be done. We got some football we need to we go do. watch. Some football to watch. And you know what we're having for dinner? Tacos. Yeah, just found that out, didn't you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> we can open that that we can open that pepper wine. Oh, you yeah. yeah. So we have this habanero. If you, I think we talked about it on maybe yeah from yeah. Jerome, Arizona. We haven't opened oh, it yet. Yeah, you have a lot of editing to do tonight. But if you would like to open up the habanero oh, wine, is the realist. I know. I'm sorry. I hate to, but somebody's got to every once in a while. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We look forward to seeing some of you in Tampa or anywhere across our travels as 2022 kicks into high gear. I do want to say. We will have another episode coming out uh, later. It's going to be closer to this one. We're trying very hard to get back on a regular schedule. So thank you, everyone, for bearing with us. But we are going on vacation when we go to Disney World. Yeah. We are. We have promised our kids that we will not work. And our kids don't ask a lot of us when it comes to Pay work. Pay too much money to work. <laughs> We're going to do our best to keep the content uh, flowing, but you might see a little bit of a, a blip while we're on vacation. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm not even going to give you all the socials. You all know where to find us at this point. Okay? <laughs> we love you all. We'll see you very soon. And be safe and all that jazz. And keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.